Meet the Skywalkers by Frodogenic. Read by Sam Gabriel. Based on the works of George Lucas. Chapter 11 With an expression of profound suspicion, the reflection in Piet's mirror reached up and tweaked the collar, fashionably cut. The Hollandet added promised, but damn him if he could tell one way or the other of the jacket it was wearing. It was a civilian jacket, made of chandrel and suede, the princess's protocol droid assured him, was what the discerning humanoid gentleman was wearing this solar quarter. Piet had picked the somberest, grayest one he could find. It wasn't sober or gray enough to suit him. He cast a longing glance at his uniform hanging on the fresher wall rack, then turned his back on it firmly. This morning he was, for the first time in a quarter of a century, off-duty. Someone rapped on the bedroom door, and Piet turned to see Han Solo's well-honed, you've-got-to-be-criffing-me expression surveying him head to boots. You're wearing that? It's presentable. Piet aimed a pointed glance at Solo's scuffed jacket and stained trousers. Exactly. This place is in Coco Town, you know that, right? Piet frowned. I always understood that the collective commercial district was reasonably safe. Should I bring a sidearm? Solo waved a hand. Nah, it's not like it's the Southern Underground, it's just blue collar. Anything new's gonna stand out, I figured you'd rather avoid attention. Meaning, of course, that he'd rather avoid attention. I appreciate your concern, Piet said wryly, but I'm afraid it's this or the uniform. Solo pulled the kind of face Piet associated with the new destroyer captains who'd just discovered that the privilege of Starship Command consisted of 1% glorious interstellar warfare into 99% interminable command meetings, Byzantine political squabbles, submitting reports in triplicate, and placating impossible superiors. That. Definitely that. He flicked his chin. Come on. Morning traffic's gonna be hell if we don't get clear of Galactic City in five minutes. Their speeder, best described as an extension of the Rebel, it basically works so who cares what it looks like aesthetic, also responsible for orange flight suits, the Millennium Falcon, and popular elections, was idling in the departure bay, alongside Solo's enormous Wookiee. He <clears throat> at Solo plaintively. Yeah, I hear you, but we can't go running Vader's Admiral around on an open top, that's just asking for it. <clears throat> Look, I'll make it up to you. Leia's got a great chiropractor at the Alderanian Embassy. The Wookiee woomphed and folded itself with difficulty into the cramped passenger seat. Piet climbed in the back, next to the crossbow blaster, the great hairy beast insisted on carting everywhere. Dear stars, just tell me that safety catch is reliable. And Solo took the helm. So, Solo drawled, weaving a path through the palace district traffic lanes that had to be at least 65% illegal. Leia said you're meeting your cousin at this joint, right? Nephew. The speeder bucked as they blasted across the exhaust wash of a passing city hoverbus. Piet clung to his armrest for dear life. Matt nephew, grunted Solo. Jay's something, isn't it? Um, justice. Uh, justice Veriton. Nervous? Solo's keen hazel eyes zeroed in on him via the rearview deflector. Uncertain, perhaps? Didn't look get there alive. I'm not sure he'll remember me. He was only four the last time I was able to visit Axilla. When was that? Three years before Endor. Just before I assumed command of... He clutched the armrest again and reached up reflexively to hold down the cap he wasn't actually wearing as they swerved into oncoming traffic around a plodding trash hauler. Damn air breathers, Solo growled, and leaned out the window to yell, It's called an accelerator! The Wookiee woofed. You said it, Chewie. 
The speeder, demonstrating for the public benefit the operation of the thing called an accelerator, lurched clear across the quad lane into the fork headed west toward Cocotown. So we'd have been seven when you all did your little vanishing number, yeah? Solo went on casually, cutting up to the faster overhead lane and punching the forward thrusters. That's old enough. Believe me, you'd be amazed what kids remember. Of course, he reflected ruefully. It's usually the stuff you wish they'd forget. I suppose I'll have to take your word for it. And if that's not the action of a desperate man, I don't know what is. Negotiations had concluded two days ago, and the first thing the princess had done was lift the communications embargo on the executor's crew, meaning he and his men could finally send messages out to their families and friends. Not two hours later, while he was still shaking hands at the post-summit reception, a call had been put through to the princess from an old friend of hers who taught at Manorai University, and who also happens to be the dean of his nephew's postgraduate program. Yesterday he and Justice had spoken for the first time by voicecom, and had agreed to meet for breakfast. Piet was rather wishing it could have been lunch instead. Perhaps his stomach wouldn't be pitching such a fit, but there was too much still to be done to get the executor to Coruscant. His days were full to the gills, and he only had two left before he flew out to Quant, where the New Republic was staging a team of hyperspace tractor ships to tow the lame destroyer home. You had to give the New Republic that much. Once they got around to making a decision, they didn't let the grass grow under their boots. "'I'm sure it'll be fine,' said Solo. The speeder sliced a seventy-degree angle down through six levels of traffic at a speed that did nothing for Piet's nausea. "'If he likes Dexes, he can't be all bad,' he winked in the reflector. "'Apparently the entire galaxy has heard of this place except for me.' "'Sure, everybody knows Dexes. Famous local establishment.' They swooped through a last sickening turn or three before coming to a stop in what Solo insisted was a private parking hangar, and Piet suspected was a black market drop point, judging by the number of shady conversations being carried on in quiet corners and crates being trucked between speeders. A ten-minute walk brought them up to the famous local establishment in question. Piet would have described it as a famous local junk art installation. The original edifice appeared to be a converted mega-shipping container, now barely discernible under decades of city grime and tacked-on expansions in permacrete, corrugated durasteel, and repurposed ship-hull panels, but the amount of traffic at the front door indicated it was, against all probability, as popular as Solo claimed. He squared his shoulders and marched in. Inside the diner was mayhem and scuttling and hollering in grease. Piet could not see how a single tray was getting anywhere without being jostled or dropped or elbowed, let alone over a dozen waiters each carrying four or five trays at a go. Either every server in this joint was a Jedi, he decided, or six different sets of planetary physics were in operation. He tore his attention away from this marvel and tried to scan the jammed booths, though he probably wouldn't recognize justice even if— Number of species up! Piet started and glanced down at what proved to be a Tordarian waitress spectacularly temperamental for her size, or possibly because of it. I beg your pardon. You precedes too! She waved a claw contemptuously at Solo and his Wookiee. Anyone else in the party? You've been standing there for ages. Find a seat. He began to apologize, for existing, he supposed, and had to remind himself that he was an admiral, for Star's sake. And what was more, he was Darth Vader's admiral, and therefore he was not about to be browbeaten by a waitress. I am looking for— Uncle Thermos! His gaze jumped past the aggressive little Tordarian. A gangly man had leapt out of his booth and was now forcing his way past the rush of bodies to seize Piet's hand and pump it up and down like he was bailing out the rowboat his life depended on. Stars, you look just like I remember, and older, obviously, but I suppose I do too. Piet ventured an uncertain smile, trying to find a resemblance between this jocular stranger and the quiet but intelligent child he'd known. You certainly do. 
I shouldn't have known you at all. Justice laughed and ran a hand through his hair. Wow, this is... Wow, you're standing right there, and I still don't think I believe it. Piet cast an amused glance around the madhouse diner. Do you know, I'm not sure I do either some days. It has been a surreal experience through and through. I bet. It was all over the holofaxes, you know, he added, leading Piet back to his booth. Piet cast a glance over his shoulder and saw Solo and the Wookiee already ensconced at the booth by the door, in spite of the fact that it had thirty seconds ago been occupied by a pack of Aqualish cab drivers. I was in Trommel's sector for research when it happened, Jotis chattered on. Didn't hear a thing until I got out of the archives late one night and found Mother and Astria and Wessler and everybody had tried to call me about fifty times. His throat caught. Wessler? Is she? Oh, he winced. I guess I ought to start you at the beginning. Wessler is my sister. She was born almost five years after, well, you know, after Indoor. Big surprise for Mother, you can imagine. She and Father are getting on all right. He had an accident at the factory about ten years ago and can't get around much. Mother won't leave him alone for more than a day or two. He laughed, shaking his head again in amusement. She keeps saying it's all a hoax. I think she's scared of getting her hopes up. They wouldn't release any names, you know. Except everybody knows about Vader, obviously. But my program advisor here at Yukon knows Princess Leia, and I'd mentioned about you to her. So she found out you were- You're at the The Tordarian was buzzing belligerently at their elbows. Snout wrinkled at a scowl. You've been sitting there for- Piet grabbed at the menu and speed scanned it as Jatus began- Oh, yes, I'll have the Obi-Wan Tong classic platter with the hermit crab salad on the side. Piet jerked at him to stall a second longer. And uh, with ginger sauce on top. And um, I know it's not even nine in the morning, but what the hell? Give me a gin tonic. You want one, Uncle Fermis? Why not, said Piet, who had guzzled starshine too many years to turn his nose up at proper booze any time of day. Two gin tonics, said Justice. And you, the Toydarian demanded of Piet. Oh, one Sky Guy special for me said Piet. Well done, please. The waitress sniffed contemptuously at him and zipped away. I understand you're studying for a graduate degree? Piet asked, mopping his brow. He didn't remember civilian life being this stressful. My third, actually. Ah, there was something familiar, that sheepish grin. He'd had it from the cradle. Father says I'm a hopeless bookworm, but he stopped saying I'll amount to nothing, at least. Piet smiled. His brother-in-law had been bred in the best old Axel and Blue Collar tradition, and held rigid views about the proper occupation of a man. He'd regularly scoffed at Firmus for his supposedly soft-handed life as a Navy officer. Not after they gave him the executor, though. God's how proud he'd been when he first saw her long, sleek arrow shape in the construction slip at the Quant Drive Yards. He'd known right away, no matter how his old mother wrung her hands, there'd never be any woman for him but the lady. Three graduate degrees, that's quite an accomplishment. No doubt your father is proud, and I know your mother must be. Jantus shrugged. That she is. What have you studied? Mostly pre-imperial history and culture. I'm working on a thesis right now on intercultural conflict resolution, which is what sent me to Chommel sector. I'm on Naboo, studying the relationship between the native human and Gungan populations. Piet blinked. However did you come to be studying Gungans? It was my advisor's idea, actually. She used to represent Trommel's sector, back before the Emperor dissolved the Senate, and actually her aunt was the one who— Listen to me, I'm rambling. You can't possibly want to know all that. Piet smiled. A bit out of my bellowick, perhaps? Perhaps you'd better not ask about me, Jutta said ruefully. Otherwise I'll be off again before you can say Trade Federation. Why don't you tell me about your sisters? Astra is married. She and her husband have an investment firm. Wessler's at university. She keeps threatening to transfer to the Reserve Officer Candidate Program and go Navy. He liked Wessler already, 
and not just because the W in Firmus WPS stood for Westlerman. Threatening? <laughs> May I take it your parents disapprove? Well, Jertis hedged. Not so much they don't approve, but I think Mother's afraid of another letter coming home. He dropped his voice, grinning conspiratorially. That, and she says the new Republic Defense Force isn't a patch on the old Imperial Navy. Piet's smile came with a profound pang at his chest. When he'd visited home before going out to take command of the Executor, Carilla had insisted on sewing his new insignia bars on all his uniforms herself, never mind that the household droid could have done it cheaper and faster. There had been days, whole months in fact, during that hellish hunt for Skywalker, when nothing but the memory of her pride in him had kept him from designing his commission. What she must have felt one morning after Endor, when the archaic letter arrived, with that stiff regret to inform you and little more. He should have tried to contact her the minute he got back into known space. Communications embargo be damned. She didn't deserve one minute of grief more than— What about you? Juntus was looking at him curiously now, testing out uncertain waters. What about me? Well, I assume it must have all been a shock. You know, the Empire being gone and all this going on. He waved his hands to indicate the New Republic busily republicing all around them. What do you think of it? I don't wish to form opinions prematurely. I've barely experienced it. He glanced around again at the foreign-feeling diner. I imagine it will be a steep learning curve, at least in some areas. Jartus met this with respectful silence for a moment or two. Have you made any plans? I expect I'll have my hands full for quite some time, getting the executive to Coruscant and sorting out the details of our new operational rhythm. Aren't you going to come home to Axilla? Piet toyed with a napkin resignedly. I should like to, Justice, but I don't know when it will be possible. I doubt Lord Vader will approve my leave of absence during the transition. That's, and he didn't plan on asking Vader for anything else for oh, another twenty-eight years, probably. Justice sat back, wide-eyed. Stars, I forgot about him. Would that I had the luxury, said Piet dryly. Well, maybe we can figure out a way to visit you here, Juntus said, choosing the path of optimism. At the very least, we've got to set up a holocom call for Mother. She misses you something awful, you know. His throat burned. I should like that very much, Justice. The text of this story can be found on AO3 and fanfiction.net. The music is Guitar Blooms by Sylvester Weaver. Special thanks to Sakiko. For more stories that I've read, visit my website at samgabrielvo.com. And finally, as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>